0: one to nine. <clears throat> The Lord had said to Abram Leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you I will make you a great nation and I will bless you I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you And whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haram. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in that land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev.
1: And uh, I thought we might look at Abram this morning. Of course, at this point in his life, he's called Abraham, and well, not Abraham. But, um, you know, there's a lot about Abraham we could speak about, isn't there? We could, um, we could talk about him being the friend of God, and he certainly was. The father of nations, he was that as well. He certainly became that. We we'll could talk about his faith in God. And each of, each of those things are, are worthy of our attention, aren't they? Well, this morning, I think we want to do something a bit different. I um, want us to consider Abraham, the altar builder. You know, for Abe, when he first met God, he was an idol worshiper. He lived in a place called Ur in the Koldees. When a land of idolatry And he was called from that land of idolatry into a land of promise. He had to leave behind everything that he had known. And he steps out in faith with a God he had never before known. Before that first encounter. And it it tells us something in the Acts of the Apostles, doesn't it? That it was when Abraham... And God appeared to him. Wow. Abram on that first encounter. Left all that he had. And, took, and followed God where God were to lead him. He said Lord come Abram. I'll lead you to a land of promise. And not only that. Abram I'm going to make you a great nation. And out of this great nation. There will be princes and kings in your family. And you'll be a blessing to everyone in the world. Wow, you know, he must have been gobsmacked, Abraham, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, he's seventy-five years old, Abraham. At this point, you know, at seventy-five, you think he flippers feet up? Are you? How about time to let somebody else have a go. Come on. And 75. They picked up sticks off the way. With their whole family. To a place where God was going to lead them. Unknown to them. A land of promise. With a promise that his family will become great. And a blessing to all men. You know. And so it was that in faith and obedience. He followed. And just Imagine what Abraham and Sarah gave the world the Jewish nation the Bible the saviour of the world because in faith and obedience they decided to follow God the two out codgers, off they went you know I read a story. I don't forgot where I read it. an old lady, you know, and, and, and she she'd always come to church. And then she found herself in a residential home for old people. No longer able to knock around like she quite she used to be able to do. And no you know, she'd she'd, she'd taught in Sunday school all her life. And she used to love to, to to play the piano and sing the old sanky hymns, you know. And she used to sit down, and she, and she, she there was a piano in this place. And, and, and she, one day she, she didn't know whether anybody else loved the Lord or not, and she just sat and started to play some of those old sanctity games from her past and from her days in Sunday school that she remembered, you know. And it wasn't long before people started to come and to join in to sing. And they used to do this, you know, not on a regular basis, but once every week or so, they'd meet round the piano. And one of these occasions, a, a man came in. A man who was, he was sort of like in charge of a number of these homes, an overseer of sorts. And he heard these old dears singing and playing the piano. And you know, he went away from that place that day. Thinking about things he hadn't thought about since he was a little one at school. Because he too remembered some of those hymns that they were singing and these old, old ladies were playing and, and he went back and he had a look in his Bible and in due course he came to saving faith in Christ. Why? Because a bunch of old ladies Got together round a piano and sang hymns of praise to God. You know, we're never too old, are we? And you never know, do you? No, you see, and so it was that, um, yeah, you're never too old. Anyway, you get back, I digressed on. I'll do that a lot. In due course, he arrives, Abraham, at the land of promise. He arrives in Canaan, he goes to Shechem and, and then on to Bethlehem. And we find that everywhere he goes, he, does, he pitches his tent. He lives in a tent. It speaks of us, doesn't it, of, of, of the, you know, a temporary thing, a moving on. It, 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 it speaks to us that the, the life that we enjoy here on earth is temporary. We are strangers and pilgrims in this land. The other thing he does is he builds an altar. An altar is, a, is somewhere where they, they, they built and there they praised and praised and worshipped God. You know, he, recognizing that he wasn't—he was a stranger and a pilgrim in this land. He was a citizen of, a, of another place, a citizen of heaven. And wherever he went, we read throughout the scriptures and throughout his story, wherever he went, he pitched his tent and built an altar. Everywhere he was an altar builder was our Abraham. An altar of worship and praise. An altar of a God-centered life. Led him, uh, Lived in faith and obedience. Alive, committed to living in the centre of God's will. There are three altars. Three. Altar number one is the altar of commitment. Altar number two is the altar of recommitment. And altar number three yeah, is the altar of total commitment. Hmm. You know, here we have Abraham, who committed himself to God. It's not a popular word these days, commitment, is it? Not fashionable in any way. And yet it's what Christ demands. He demands commitment. To him. You can't be half hearted about it. Well, you can. But you don't enjoy the blessings that God has for you in all their fullness, you see. Oh, if you're looking for a comfortable Christianity, then maybe looking for Jesus isn't the place to look. If you're looking for a Christianity that is convenient, then it certainly isn't the place to look. You see, because so often he, he, he calls us out of our comfort zone. And he comes to us, doesn't he? and, and, and le- At the most inconvenient of times. we want to settle down and watch the football the phone rings I was watching the football last night and the phone rang I put it on pause then when I set it up again I wish I hadn't bothered that's the point innit you know it comes there are times when God has things for us to do And you know, so often we say, Lord, have time. How amazing it is, isn't it, that we can find time to watch the football or neighbours or whatever it is that they watch. Coronation Street or whatever. We can always find time for that, can't we? Yeah. But for the things of God, how difficult's that then? Mm. Not easy. Simple not easy. It involves counting the cost of following Jesus. It involves carrying a cross. Doesn't it? Commitment means, I looked it up in dictionary. Commitment. It means to put your own weight upon. Hmm? To put your own weight upon. You see, each and every one of you here this morning, at this very present moment in time, are exercising for Total and absolute faith you are exercising. And in what might I ask, or you might have a chair for goodness sake. Yeah? You see, I could go on for quite some considerable time Tell you how wonderful these chairs are. How comfortable they might be. Ah, I, could, I could wax lyrical if I knew about chairs. People would probably be in the best position to do that. Than I am. You know, to tell you the benefits and all that stuff about chairs. But you see, the thing is, as long as I stand up here, I'm the benefits. You see, to enjoy the benefits, Chairs. I've got to come down here and sit on one. Counter. You see, that is the only way that we can enjoy the benefits of the Christian last water. And there's lots of blessings and benefits to be enjoyed. You see, unless you're going to put your own weight upon them, it will enjoy. It. it involves total and absolute. Commitment. And that's what, that's what he did. He committed himself to God. Scary, isn't it? To put yourself totally in his hands. But how wonderful it is. The, blend, the blessings and the benefits that are out there. us. Triumph the talking about you with the kids, eh? Triumph. Victory. Yeah. Involves
0: commitment.
1: And Abraham won victories. Yeah. But you know. Triumph is often followed by testing. Often followed by testing. And and Abraham arrives in the land. The promised land. And what happens? Well, if we were to read on. We would find there was famine. And what does he do? And where does he go? Well, he ends up in Egypt. You see? And of course, he's a bit concerned about being in Egypt, you see, because, well, he's married. And do you know what he does? He passes Sarah, his wife off, as his sister. Because Pharaoh fancies her. And and, and Pharaoh, what? give him loads of stuff. Haven't he thought he were a good swap. It caused problems. You see, Abraham stepped out. Did he consult God before he moved? Stepping out of God's will and the centre of God's will brought Abraham problems. God actually, he he said to, to Pharaoh, whoa, stop. Not his sister; it's his wife. And Pharaoh said to him, oh, Abraham, "What, Abraham? What what, 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 what? What are we thinking of? You see, stepping out of God's will not only caused a problem for Abraham; it caused a problem, I even for for Sarah and for Pharaoh." You see, when we step out of the center of then it causes a problem for us, doesn't it? Yeah, we know the problems, but it also causes a problem for those people who are nearest and dearest to us. And not only that, it causes problems for the people that we don't know. See, it causes a problem all around. And what, so, what is it that Abraham does? Well, he leaves and he goes back. He goes back to the basic thing. He arrives back into the land of promise. And what does he do? He builds an altar. An altar of worship and praise. And an altar of recommitment to God. He sets things straight. And that's what we should do too. Set things straight. And so it is that he builds his altar of commitment. Well, that's a push on a little quick, I'm afraid. I I do apologise. But he he does, he alters. And then, uh, not not too far down the line, what happens? Well, the same thing again. Abraham ends up having built his altar and recommitted his life to God he ends up doing the same thing again. You know, he really does. This time, the king is called Abimelech. And he, he does exactly the same thing. After coming to, to God, recommitting himself and seeking God's help to do better. And to go forward in it, I, I used to get that on my report all the time at school. Could do better, and loads of them on every page. You know, I hope when God opens the book of my life, when I when I see Him face to face, done on every page, it won't be written. Could do better, but I rather suspect it might. You know. Because I, like Abraham, he, he fell into the same trap again. He passed her off as his wife. As his sister. His wife. As his sister. I hope. You see. But have you ever noticed? Uh, uh, maybe it's just me. But so often it's the same thing. Again and again and again that trips us up, isn't it? In our walk with Christ. The same problem. Again and again and again. It's hard work, isn't it? Going back to the altar. And laying on that altar again and saying, Lord, sorry, got it wrong again. Help me. But you know, failure. You know, that bad failure is one step on the road to success. You see, what was the guy called? Thomas Edison. He tried 999—I don't know how many times it were anyway—but he said 999 times to to invent what a light bulb, and 999 times he failed. But number 1,000, he succeeded. God doesn't want us to give up. As how often we have to go back. What he doesn't want us to do. Is quit. He don't mind the failure. He'll help us over that. It'll make us stronger. More able to go on. You know. Victory's won. Eventually. Eventually. Altar of recommitment—the altar that we go to—is yeah, at the foot of that cross, isn't it? Foot of that cross. Repent. Start all over again with Jesus. Who willing? God will give us triumph in Him, day by day. Last altar. The altar of total commitment. It, it, it took a while. For the penny to drop. Wave. We got it right in the end. God tested him once more. He got it right. You see. God had promised to make him a great nation. A great nation would come out of their family. And in due course. When he was a hundred years old. When after. After. After lots of trials and tribulations and even trying to help God out and getting it all wrong. Eventually a son of promise was born. Isaac. And God put him to a supreme test. The test that he finally passed. The altar of total commitment. He said, now Abraham, you see your son, your one and only son. What I want you to do is I want you to take him to a place where I will show you three days hence. And he went. And he said, When you get there, what you're going to do is you're going to take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. Right, God. And off he went. <laughs> off he went, he got there, he saddled up the donkey, did all the stuff he should have done, off he went with his servants and he, they, they, they went for three days and he got to a place and he saw that place afar off and he said, he said to his servants, you wait here, me and the lad, we're going onwards. And so he took the wood and he put it on Isaac, he took, he took the, um, the, the flame and the knife and they set off together and, 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 he, and Isaac said to his dad, he said, hey dad, you've got the flame, he said, you've got, You've got the knife, I've got the wood, where's the lamb? Don't you worry. The Lord will provide. And they got there. And together they built the altar. The Mount Moriah it was called. It's in the same range of hills and mountains where Jesus was crucified. And he went up onto this mount, do you see? And he he built the altar, father and son Together. So he took, and they took him and, they, and, uh, and he bound his son and laid him on the altar. And he took the knife and it's he, going to plunge it into his son. you see. saying, the angel of the Lord said, "Stop." See, Abraham knew. It, here was 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 the promise of God to him, his only son, the son who was to uh, out of whom would come a great nation, kings and princes. The story of salvation would unfold for all mankind. All laid upon an altar. Why? What if if God had let him kill him? Would it matter? Ah, Abraham weren't bothered. God could bring him back to life again, couldn't he? Abraham was convinced that he could, had it gone that far. But oh, he knew the Lord would provide. It wouldn't get that far. Because he passed the test, he lifted that knife, and God knew that there was nothing more important than in his life than God Himself. You know, God said, "Stop," and he stopped, and he took he took Isaac down and unbound him, and they looked up, and they're caught in a thicket—a ram. That they were able to sacrifice to God, God had provided, had He not? The altar of total gift and it was some, somewhat three and a half thousand years later that God Himself went up that very hill with His Son, His only-begotten Son. But on this occasion, you see, His Son. His son died in order that all mankind might know his life and his blessing. You know, Abraham came down that hill victorious. His son beside him, his only son. God turned his back on his one and only son. There on that mount on Calvary's cross. But do you know, God too came down that hill in triumph and rejoicing. Because you see, there on the cross, a sinner came to repentance. When a thief turned to Jesus and said, remember me, remember me. In paradise. And he said. I'll remember you. You will feast. In paradise with me this day. God came down the hill. Not defeated. But in total. And absolute triumph. And the very. The courts of heaven were filled with angels. Praising God. That day. On Calvary's mountain. Mountain. Of total commitment, you know, that's what God wants from us. Total commitment, you know. One day we will meet before. Well, I'll finish with this. I better have. It's time's going quicker than. What well, you see? One day we're going to be before Him, aren't we? I, I'll finish with this little story. You see, one, one day the Queen. Uh, we're visiting a, a, a Balmoral, and, and she'd gone out for a walk, Queen of England. And it started to rain, and, and, and she, she knocked at the door of his cottage, and she said, excuse me, she said, um, but you don't happen to have an umbrella, do you? And this woman looked and didn't recognise who it was, and, and she said, oh, umbrella, yes, just a minute, and she had a, she had a few umbrellas, one tatty thing that, that were leaking and stuff, you know, and we didn't, weren't, Well, she said, if I, if I, if I lose that, it don't matter, because it's, it's, I can, I can do without that. So she gave her that. And so she went on, the next day, big car pulled up, with a symbol on the front, driver got out, returned this umbrella, knocked, and he knocked on the door and opened the door and said, thank you very much. She said, Her Majesty the Queen says, thank you very much for the loan of your umbrella. And the lady said, Her Majesty the Queen, if only I'd have known, I'd have, I'd have lent to me Beston. You see, let us give to God. That which is our very best, because we wouldn't want to arrive in heaven and say, if only, if only Lord had known I'd have done so much better. The ultra total commitment demands of each one of us that we give of our best. Yeah. I think we'd better pray. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we, we do indeed praise and thank you. Thank you for that which you did for us on Calvary's cross. Lord, you, you, you gave yourself fully for our salvation. We pray, gracious Father, that we might give ourselves as you gave to us in total, full commitment and surrender. Lord, we would that we might not only give ourselves to you, but that we might seek that others too, might come to know and to love you, as we do. Asking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right.